In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined this time only by one of my partners in crime fighting from up north, RCMP JLB. What's going on, man? How are you? It's your boy, Justin JLB, and I am good, good, sir. Can't complain unless it's about Raw. I can always complain think i'm done watching raw for quite a while i honestly been, think i am i have been in that boat uh mentally for for a few weeks i think i've even mentioned it on the podcast that i'm debating on it um it, it, it'll be an interesting uh conversation that we'll have to have if all of us stop watching raw for a podcast named raw and order <laughs> but yeah we will burn that bridge when we come to it. Of course, as announced on um, the WBU this week, uh, DA Fabe will be missing in action for the foreseeable future. Um, he has some stuff going on in his life that he's got to deal with, and we wish him the best with all of that. And we'll hold down the fort until he's back. Absolutely. We, uh, we're we here for you, brother. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep doing this. There's plenty of wrestling to be talked. And uh We've been doing it. Uh, we've been doing this with him for quite some time. So I bet, I bet we've gotten used to what he likes and dislikes. So we yeah. can certainly uh, he'll still be here in spirit still. So yes, yes. Um, if uh, you're new to this show, this is the show where we challenge each other uh, to do some sort of fancy fantasy booking, um, book some weird, unknown, often unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling. We do not discuss our challenges in advance, so the answers are made up on the spot. I also like to remind everyone right now that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. podcast network, so make sure to head over to tatnusco.com and check out the other episodes on the network there. Um, Why haven't you done it already? Come on. Yeah, come on. Seriously, I shouldn't have to talk about it anymore. Seriously, but we got to promote. Um, so we will go ahead and get into the fantasy booking and... As usual, I open it up to see if anyone else wants to go first. But if not, I will go first with my challenge to you. All right. So mine is going to be kind of basic, uh, but I'm interested to see what you will say, uh, who you might pick. Um, so clearly, Alexa Bliss is still going to continue on with this fiend, fiend net character, if you will. And she has also brought her own dolls or her one specific doll that is a a uh, doll of her when she was a uh, goody two shoes, but more demonic. Um, and she, Alexa Bliss has posted on Twitter. Uh, what would you like to know about Lily? And I think even Fox had mentioned something. Oh, uh, maybe not Fox. Maybe it was just some random dirt sheet uh, post. Um, who would you like Lily to be? And that's just assuming, of course, Lily's end up going to being someone and just not one of her little fiendnet dolls and that's it. So this is where you come in, good sir. She is going to do some more fun houses. Eventually, Lily is going to grow. I believe it's Lily, correct? Yes, it is. Lily is going to grow into something. And you, as the primary booker of Raw, and Vince won't tear up your script an hour later, he will go along with your plan. Who would you book as Alexa Bliss's protege as Lily? 
Hmm. Give me a second here, because I'm doing a little bit of looking. Um, I think you basically have to pull someone up from NXT, because it, anyone on the main roster already, it would feel weird to have them suddenly be like a protege to Alexa. So... Mm. I know, I know who. Well, I mean, there's still one very common answer that maybe might work in a storyline, but let's first hear who you might yeah. go with. Well, like my first thought originally on main roster was Nikki Cross, but mm. they've already been playing the the storyline of Nikki who had been trying to save her. from. So it doesn't make a ton of sense. Ah, um, she could turn her, though. I tried to save her. I tried to save her. And then I realized uh, I was the one that needed to be saved. It kind of worked. It makes more sense for Nikki to still be the one trying to save her in the end. So the protege one, uh, this is the one it, I, I think it works the best, especially playing off of the Lily is is a representation of Alexa Younger, right? And that's Casey Catanzaro. Oh. Uh, okay. Pulling her up now. The sad thing is it would mean breaking up her Caden Carter tag team that was actually doing fairly good um, and getting some some popularity in NXT. But Casey Catanzaro really reminds me a lot of an, an Alexa Bliss mini-me uh, without mm. being so mini because she's almost the same height as Alexa. Um, she's got a more athletic background than Alexa, but it still was like, because Alexa was fitness model uh, cheerleading, whereas Casey Catanzaro was Ninja Warrior. You know, um, so a little bit more athletic, but it's still gymnastics related. So very similar backgrounds there. Uh, very similar overall physiques and statures. Uh, Casey Catanzaro is a little bit slimmer, a um, little tinier just in general. But I think that could make for a really interesting uh, duo of uh two p two five feet of furies in the ring at the same time so a dichotomy an an opposite to the traditional big guy little guy dynamic that they like to do this would be two little little ones uh just um murderizing people in the ring um it would require casey catanzaro to play around with a darker image though because she's been goody two shoes for her entire run so far um that was my next question. I was going to ask: Has she been healed before? Like, no, she hasn't. Okay, so, but it would also be calling her up to the main roster so she can hang out with her with her main squeeze, Ricochet. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lord knows Ricochet needs the uh, needs the pep talk because hot diggity damn, the WWE writers aren't doing it for him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, You'd think with the yeah. number of wrestlers that they let go that they now have a, a slim enough roster that they'd use the ones they still had, right? No, because they didn't even use the ones that they let go. So, I mean... Well, that's why they let them go. We're not using them anymore, <laughs> so let's clean them up. And So next year, you know what's going to happen on April 15th? I wish no one to get fired. But with the way that it's looking, if... Ugh, I don't know. They... they uh, I don't even have an excuse. It's just their product is so garbage. Like they use the same people and over and over and I'm becoming a broken record. I say the same thing every week or every second week. And um, yeah, I don't know. And then they, and then you have two fiend gimmicks on the same show. Like what? Like why? Yeah. You just waste more time on the same shit. Yeah. I love I, fiend and whatever. 
bring a put Alexa to freaking SmackDown or something. Like you clearly can't do the fiend is not gonna oh god, I don't know. Vince is crazy. The fiend is not gonna then or I guess maybe they're alluding to the fiend having like a woman demon or something. But then is the fiend face? Yes, no, maybe so. Just, He's talking does about anyone it. truly no. know? I don't know. I don't know. And honestly, I don't care. Well, that's it's the deal. Not... The the fiend was two years ago when he first returned. He was potentially the savior of WWE. Yeah. And they just managed to pee down their legs ever since then. And um, wh- and then the sad thing is, a few months ago, when Alexa first joined up with The Fiend, I didn't like it at first, but a lot of fans really, really liked it. And eventually it did grow on me. Mm-hmm. Um, And then they do this with it. And it's just like, it's the same yeah. thing going on again. Anyway, so that's what, I mean, in reality, I would try to write Alexa out of this whole storyline and, and get her back to, because... We don't need Alexa Fiend. We just need Mean Girl Alexa again, right? That's it. Talk show Alexa. Uh, Not even talk show Alexa. Pre-talk show Alexa, when she was just Mean Girl, who kicked ass and and won championships by cheating. Fair. Um, Okay. She was so good at that role, and that's what we just need back. But if I were to do an actual person as a a real-life version of Lily, I... Casey Catanzaro was the one I'd probably choose. Okay, if you had to choose someone on Raw, aside from Nikki Cross, which I don't think you were going to anyways. Vince, nope, I don't want anyone from NXT. So, Officer Smarks, you're going to have to give me someone who's currently on the Raw roster. Fuck. (laughs) Um, I honestly got think, I'm thinking Shayna. She's not blonde. And it's it's less worrying about the blonde. It's more, Shayna's too good for that gimmick. And Shayna has a gimmick already that just needs to be used. She is the badass MMA fighter. That's right. what they need to allow her to be. Which I mean, literally, anything. I've said it before on the podcast. There are, I mean, I know for a fact that almost every wrestler in WWE, man, woman, or child, could kick my ass. But there are only a few of them that I'm physically scared of. And Shayna Baszler is one of them. Oh, yeah. Um. But that's why I I don't want her anywhere near the Lily character. Um, fr- frankly, if I have to choose someone from Raw, I'm sticking Lana as the Lily character just because she's the only Raw wrestler that I just want her gimmick to just die. Um, yeah, but at the same time, Shayna is not... You need someone as good as acting as Alexa Bliss. And Alexa Bliss is phenomenal with what she... Yeah. With it, although it's garbage, uh, but, you know, but, Again, it's a death knell character, right? Right. It the character of Lily is uh it's it's like putting Mia Yim in uh retribution. It just kills kills that character. And the only savior for Mia Yim is she now could debut. We'll see if they do it, but she could debut on the roster as Mia Yim on SmackDown and be able to put the whole retribution just behind her as if it wasn't her at all. Who's um, the other one going to the roster? Uh, SmackDown? Uh, uh, Shane Thorne, who is um, um, Slapnuts? No. Yeah, Slapnuts. But who was he before Shane Thorne? I feel like I'm he not... Was Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne, okay. Yeah. Um, well, he, was, he was Slapjack in Retribution. Okay. He could go back to being Shane Thorne is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they missed their chance on Raw with Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic because they unmasked them and uh, everyone's like, oh, who are they? Oh, now we get to see their ma- without their masks. 
And no one on the commentary team was like, hey, isn't that Dio Madden who, I don't know, sat right next to us for six months a few years ago? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, the one that, um, wasn't it Brock powerbombed him through a table or some shit like that? Yeah. F5'd him through a table? I can't remember what it was. Probably um, it, it it was it was a big deal at the time, and it was Dio Madden. So so once he's unmasked, they could be like, "Oh look, it's Dio Madden," but they don't. They're like, "Oh, it's Mace now with no mask." <laughs> but that's why I say the the character of Lily's a death knell character. Whoever you put in that, uh, especially if they're already a main roster wrestler, it's going to kill that character. It's going to yeah. kill that wrestler at least short term. And the only wrestler that I am willing to allow to to die a slow, terrible death in popularity is Lana. Like, I don't even want Dana Brooke or Mandy Rose anywhere near it because they are too good for that character. Um, I don't even want Naomi near it because she is too good for that character. And that says a lot, but I... I Same time, I would put her on TV more and maybe she might be good as a demonic character. At this rate, I don't see how it would hurt Lana or Naomi. I see how it would hurt Rose and Brooks because they have the whole tag team thing going on. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I just don't know if not, I, you need someone cryptic is the issue. I don't see Lana being cryptic. Lana can I, barely act. I, I don't think sense. anyone can be cryptic enough to save that character. I guess that's what I'm trying to say is the Lily character is a death knell and everyone, including Casey Catanzaro, who I choose as my first choice. Everyone should run away from it. Everyone should pull a Mercedes Martinez and say, you know what? I don't think I want to be involved with this character and mm. go away. Cause even Lana would find shit. Nobody likes me because nobody's going to like that character. No matter what they do, no matter how cryptic they do it, because they've already killed the fiend. They took everything that was good about the fiend. They took everything that was good about Alexa Bliss's portrayal of the female fiend, and they've killed it already. And I'm worried that if they keep doing it, that Alexa won't be. So the, the only person I'm willing to sacrifice is Lana. She's the only one. And yes, it's guaranteeing that that character will, will suck. But the character's going to suck one way or another. She's the only one that I'm willing to to sacrifice. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to. It. All right, fine. I'll uh, I'll accept. I'll accept. I honestly think the only thing you can do. I know you want um, what's her face to save uh, to save Alexa, but I honestly do think with her whole crazy gimmick that she had in NXT. She might be the best upper option to be the Lily. Yeah, the the and problem I, is her character. Be. Her character was crazy, insane, not crazy, psychopathic. And there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Crazy, insane is Roddy Roddy Piper, right? Right. Who's just a wild man and unpredictable. Crazy, psychopathic is Bray Wyatt, right? And right. It's two different sides, and I don't. Well, first of all, I think they've ruined Nikki being crazy by making her not crazy. Right. Um, and so for her to go back to it will be hard, number one. Number two, she wasn't the right type of crazy. But uh, uh, number three, I don't want Nikki anywhere. I mean, they're not doing anything with her anyways, though. Nope. I mean, even if her gimmick gets killed, they're clearly not doing there, anything with her. It, it, there are things that can kill a wrestler as a whole. 
wrestlers sometimes can't recover from bad gimmicks. Um, and and the only way they can recover is to leave the company and let people forget about it and then try to come back. But I'll, I'll give an example of a wrestler that their gimmick killed them. Um, Adam Rose. Mm. Decent enough wrestler, but that gimmick killed him. He couldn't go anywhere afterwards and be a serious wrestler because he had that that reputation, that gimmick, right? It it took Drew McIntyre years on the indies to get past the golden boy gimmick that they gave him in WWE. Um, yeah. And he was also part of the... Uh, 3MB. 3MB, right? Okay, yep. yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, that's what you're referring to? Mm-hmm. Was well, the golden the golden boy that was the chosen one. Uh, it was the at post three MB. Uh, oh snap! Okay. Um, but I mean, there have been a lot of them. Uh, look at look at uh, Grandmaster Sex A and um, Scotty Too Hot. Scotty Too Hotty, right? And and here's the deal: those gimmicks those gimmicks were popular, right? Mm-hmm. But they were never able to be anything else after that. No matter how. Very- no matter how uh, talented they were in the ring, that's what they were forever, right? And that's my worry with this Lily gimmick, is that it's bad enough that whoever you put in it will be stained with it forever. And I'm not willing to risk any of the ones that I like. That's fair. That's very true. When you put it that way, yeah. Well, someone's going to have to take the bullet. I'm curious to see who they're going to put there. And Vince doesn't care about a lot of people, so he might just put Nikki. Or they might just randomly drop it because Vince just was tired of Alexa being the fiend. We'll see. Who knows what the WWE uh, does anymore. Here's here's some other examples of wrestlers that never recovered from bad gimmicks, right? Uh, Perry Saturn was a badass in WCW. And then they gave him a mop and made him wear a dress. And and he never recovered from it. Uh, Mike Awesome was the fat chick thriller and that 70s guy. Back to back. Right. Never recovered. Eugene. Nick Dinsmore? Mm-hmm. Never yeah. recovered from that gimmick. Very true. Ever. The gimmick was so bad that no matter what he did, he was constantly saddled by that gimmick. Um and even, even, I mean, a perfect example of a, of a wrestler who was popular, really popular before he got given a bad gimmick. DDP, when he came into WWE as the Undertaker's wife, Stalker. Right. He, as a wrestler, never recovered from that. I didn't mind him being the Stalker so much as him being the, I like you. Like, I feel like that was Stalker. He was a bit more serious. And then he got crazy. Which wasn't that I like you, you like me, like that was didn't make any sense. It was catchy, but it was stupid. Oh, uh, here's here's a perfect example of a of a gimmick that almost ruined a wrestler. The Shockmaster. <laughs> yeah, kind of ruined that before it started. Really, mm-hmm. that was supposed to be a. Uh... That was like a thing at War Games and like the biggest match of the night. So like. Yeah, he was supposed to be a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And that fell apart. Pun yep. intended. Yeah. So so that's the deal with this. In my opinion, that gimmick is so bad that it could potentially haunt whoever gets put in for a very, very long time. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, heck, do you remember farting Natalia? 
Oh, that was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah thank God they haven't done. She kind of got out of that, but I mean, but she really never, doing... she never really recovered. She's still trying to fight her way to being taken seriously again. I felt like since she's been on the WWE roster, she hasn't been taken, except for when she did the whole Flair versus uh, the Hart Dynasty versus the Flair family sort of thing. I thought that was cool, but honestly, after that, nada. And no. I mean, there, there there were a lot more. I mean, we could go through, we could talk about yeah, Seven that's... on WCW. Um, the only reason that didn't ruin uh, Dustin Rhodes' career is they they literally punted on it as soon as they as soon as they got a chance to, you know. Well, actually, he also just didn't want to do the gimmick either. So, yep. and that's why he bounced too, right? So exactly. And yeah. that's my point. Is is that's the only reason that it didn't ruin him? Is it it punted before it ever actually got off the ground? They're like, we're out. <laughs> yeah. But so so that's that's my argument there that. I don't care. I don't care what they're doing with with Lily. The only wrestler I'm putting anywhere near it is Lana because she's the only wrestler that I do not give a fuck about. That you're willing to sacrifice. Yes. Beaver Cleavage. Do you remember Beaver Cleavage? I do not know. It was a headbanger mosh uh, trying a new gimmick. It was based off of uh, it was it was during Attitude Era, but it was a lewd version of Beaver Cleaver, right? The uh, old classic TV show, Leave It to Beaver, mm-hmm. um, but it was a whole sexual innuendo thing where um, there was a lot. There was implied incest in it, and uh, oh. it was it was really really bad. Um, if if that's really should be a whole episode of Botchel, to be perfectly honest, is the Beaver oh. cleavage instant. Uh, um, would be interesting. Um, and and Headbanger Mosh was almost never used again so that's my thoughts on lily um that being said here's the other side of the coin is if we stop watching raw we don't have to see yay i'm still gonna hear about it i'm sure i'm a social media whore so i'll definitely still hear about it you had you added too many words into that you didn't need to qualify it as social (laughs) i'm just a whore i'm just a whore um And yeah, no, for sure. And then when I do realize who he picked or who Vince picked or whoever, who it is, I'm just going to be like, oh, thank God I didn't have to waste my three hours being disappointed at that pick because I am almost certain there's no way of saving. No, there isn't. It doesn't matter. And that's what my point is. It doesn't matter who they pick. They could pick Shayna Baszler and and all it would do is put Shayna Baszler back to the bottom and and we'd still hate it. So so let's go on yeah. and move on to my challenge to you, mm-hmm. uh, which hopefully will be more fun because it is not directly WWE. Okay. Not directly. Um, I want you to book where they go next with the belt collector, Kenny Omega. Oh, snap. So so here here's what it comes down to. As of right now, he's the AEW world champion. The AAA Mega Champion, which is their top top championship, the um, Impact Wrestling World Champion and TNA World Champion, because they are unified but still separate belts. At right, um, 
So what's next? Do we continue to have him go to other promotions and earn and get their top belts? Do we have challengers in Impact trying to win back the Impact titles? What do you do next? I think you do an invasion angle. And you have, I guess, let's say your two top three guys of the Federation that is going for those titles. You do some sort of invasion angle in AEW and you make it a crazy pay-per-view out of that where you'll have stars from impact it will be a cross-promotion crazy pay-per-view thing but you have the actual invasion in ae dubs just because host choice sort of ordeal although might be better him going to other uh, brands you kind of suited up where it gets everyone to watch aew because let's face it it's going to be the ones where most people, I don't know what they get over in uh, Mexico. Uh, if they, if they can catch raw or if they have to watch it online or whatever, have you, I imagine they can just catch it like that or, or even TNT. I don't know how they get AE dubs. So I feel like you would kind of have to do an invasion sort of ordeal and then do a mega cross promotion pay-per-view. And I don't know. And you have like Kenny Omega do this like gauntlet match. I don't know if gauntlet or kind of first hour he has to. Maybe it's going to be like a three hour pay-per-view. First hour is Impact. Second hour is AAA. So, but this is where you would have Phoenix because Phoenix has been in AAA, no? Yes. And you have a lot of their stars who have been in AAA and then some of the stars who have things. So you have like an hour of wrestling from each promotion, but you end it off with AEW. And then AEW main event is going to be for the AEW title. Trick is, or, yeah, so you either do Kenny Omega fights on each hour, which might sound crazy, or you do winner of each promotional main event for that hour faces Kenny Omega at the end in a triple threat. I then that kind of messes up because how do you do that, right? How do you maybe you can do it? Whatever winner pins Kenny Omega, that person gets that brand's title, sort of ordeal. But I don't know, that's kind of weird. I, I feel like you have to do something like that because you want to get, I think it would be great for both promotions to get a, lo- a lot more people's eyes on the brand. And if you're going to want to do that, I think having a million with them having about a million subscribers or whatever, a million viewership every week, uh, you could potentially get that by kind of promoting your biggest wrestlers to go in AEW to face Kenny Omega. And then you'll see them there. And then you have that crazy cross brand pay-per-view, which will then showcase a lot more of the other talents um, as well as have some sort of crazy tournament or triple threat at the end where it's each triple a versus impact versus ae dubs and i think that would be kind of cool that hasn't been done um well i guess aside from AEW and impact but that hasn't been done well at least in wwe standards that hasn't been done well that invasion angle was crap i feel like <coughs> AEW and impact uh, as well as triple h could possibly do it a lot better just for the sake that they're going to have the non-restrictions of them not being able to wrestle as good as they can and so on and so forth and not have like you know uh 
W A A A E W guys join the AAA invasion and be part of that because they hate AEW. It's going to be strictly brand by brand sort of ordeal, and it would at least would introduce us to a lot of AAA talent that we maybe might have seen before, uh, or just completely new ones that perhaps maybe we might want to eventually see in AEW so we can watch them more and so on and so forth. But I am thinking you do the invasion angle and it happens in AEW. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. That's one way to do it. <laughs> um I mean, here's the deal is I mean who knows where this goes next. So right. um yes. me personally I think the first thing you do is is a uh impact tries to reclaim reclaim the title. And we've already basically heard that the next impact special event that comes up in a month or so the main event is supposed to be kenny omega defending the title against who now we'll find out uh and and impact made apparently a shit ton of buys oh yeah it it was huge for them the the largest impact pay-per-view in forever yeah which is very telling that kenny omega certainly brings in the big bucks Mm -hmm. in that because no one was there for Swan, I'll tell you that much. Well, maybe some, but he is certain. the Omega Man. Yeah. So I think it's still working out. You know what I mean? I don't know how much Kenny Omega does with AAA. Obviously, I don't think much right now with COVID. So I don't think they're having as many shows as they usually would, or even if they're having any. So yeah, I and uh, I, I think Kenny Omega likes it. I think Kenny Omega likes to be that kind of active. You know what I mean? He's not necessarily he's being active without really being too active to be honest with you he's gonna he's gonna play on next week's dynamite i think with some sort of tag match or something um and then you know what he's gonna be on impact he's gonna just shoot the shit with uh, don Callis, and maybe that's it so he's active but he's not really doing a whole lot of wrestling but yet we don't necessarily need him to right so yeah i I think it's perfect for him to try to keep cross promoting that way but you ultimately build it to a crazy i don't know i just really would like to see a crazy cross band pay-per-view that's something really different and would help out a lot i suspicion that we're going to be leading up to that with impact and AEW down the road um that's just the best way to to do a payoff to this is a cross brand pay-per-view between um that would allow impact to recover their belt um in a way that doesn't make AEW look horrible sort of thing right um i think i think so at uh slammiversary in three months that's where i think we finally have omega versus moose that's going to be i think the first time they actually get around to that right i think they spend the next two months building up to it I'm looking forward to potentially seeing uh, Omega versus Sammy Callahan. That could be an absolute phenomenal match. Uh, mm. I look forward to seeing like Omega versus Eddie Edwards. That would be a really good match. Um, if if Matt Cardona is not injured, it'd be interesting to see an Omega versus Matt Cardona match. Um, Omega versus Chris Bay would be phenomenal. <laughs> so so Omega versus Willie Mack would be ton of fun to see. So. I'm I'm hoping we we get a variety of those uh, through Impact, um, but of course, I, you know, I would love to see um, Omega then take his sights at Major League Wrestling. 
or NWA go after their top belt. Omega versus Nick Aldis would be a very, very fun match. Um, yeah, but Nick Aldis is... Oh, NWA. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, and I guess they can... Well, I mean, they, they already have that relationship, right? So I just feel like it might be... I just hope because they're having so many promotions, though, and then that's cool and everything, but gee willigers, you're going to end up being too... It's going to be too much, I feel, at one point. No? Well, it, it could be, but that's that's why I think... I think you basically you you tell the story with him collecting belts, where he collects belts at a bunch of places, and then the story is them getting their revenge to get back their belt. That's the story the way you have to tell it. So right. it starts off with him going around and getting a bunch of belts, and then it ends with him getting his comeuppance one at a time through all of those places. Now a big, tr- like you said, a triple. Uh, event pay-per-view would be fun to have a triple main event the triple a number one contender versus the aew uh champion versus the uh impact number one contender uh maybe you even do it as a as like an iron man match where first pinfall wins the triple a title second pinfall wins the impact title third pinfall wins the uh aew title you know sort of something like that um, but like I said, again, eventually the storyline is uh, Kenny Omega getting his comeuppance because you build a person up as an egotistical bastard just so everyone can rejoice when the egotistical bastard gets punched in the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the person that I would book to punch him in the face in AEW is Hangman Page. Snap. Yeah, uh, good call. In fact, if I was booking AEW, which of course I'm not but I am in my head. Um, Then uh, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page would feature Hangman Page being the first person to kick out of the one-winged angel. What better way to set him up as an absolute rock star than for him to be the first? Yep, that would be... uh, And I don't know. I I feel like they're going to keep it going, though. I, I, I feel like they're already at a point where... They've waited too long, perhaps. Like I'm, it's interesting because yeah, you you literally just want to keep watching the match until it happens. But well, I mean, they're playing a long game with it. Uh, Hangman Page isn't gonna face you know Kenny Omega for at least one or two more pay per view. I would bet it's all out um, at at the absolute earliest. Or um, well, all out's not that far away. Well, yeah, we've got double or nothing first, then all out. So. I feel like they haven't even crossed, but I guess with the long storytelling there too, they don't want like, but I feel like they haven't even attempted to try anything recently. They bumping heads or whatever. Well, they uh, haven't been except until tonight. Uh, Hangman page was, was the number one contender. Uh, and I think undefeated this year. Oh, snap. Um, okay. And so um, he just lost, lost to Brian cage tonight. So, so they were obviously telling him on his way up, but having stumbling blocks somewhere along. But but again, AEW really likes the long game. I mean, they made the Moxley versus Omega thing last over a year. Um, so I could see them making the Hangman Page redemption storyline last that long or longer. Who knows? But we'll see. Yep. Yeah, we'll certainly see what happens. Um, yeah, I just I uh, I I. I I'm, I, it's keeping me intrigued, though. I, I thought I was going to get sick of uh, Cleaner Omega uh, and this whole Don Callis thing. 
I'm still pretty much enjoying it, though, him being this. But honestly, though, you can't hate him, though, right? Like, oh, this guy really has all the titles. It's not like Brock Lesnar or something. You know what I mean? This guy is so phenomenal in the ring that you know what? You're like, yeah, I mean, I see it. He deserves to be a Grand Slam champion in three promotions currently because you're the freaking best in the world. You know what I mean? So, uh I I would like to see new J- I feel like they're getting a new Japan guy coming in soon, no? Uh yes, they announced on uh Dynamite tonight that next week um uh no, in not next week, two weeks. Uh Moxley in two weeks is going to be defending his New Japan United States Championship against um Shinigata, I think. I'm going to have to look it up, make sure I'm saying the right name. Anyways, so, um, so yeah, they're going to have a New Japan match on AEW in a couple. Um, that's going to be a big deal. Snap, uh, yeah. Next week, it's, it's nice to see. There were a lot of rumors going into next week. Next week is Blood and Guts, the uh, event that we didn't get last year because the pandemic ruined it for us. Um, right. So we're finally getting the Blood and Guts match that we were going to get last year. Last year, it was supposed to be... I believe the elite versus the inner circle this year, because most of the elite are heels uh, Mm -hmm. and it's mostly broken up for the most part. We've got inner circle versus uh, pinnacle. Right. Um, But the rumors going into this week, which thankfully uh, proved to be false. The rumors going into this week was that AEW was toying with the idea of doing a one match show. So for Dynamite next week, all two hours, we're going to be taken up with promos, backstage segments, and everything, and then the Blood and Guts match, and that was it. Um, Right. And uh, fortunately, that turned out to not be the case, because the Blood and Guts match, as as cool as it might end up being... um, it's it's not enough to carry a full two hour shows, right? No, of um, course not. So fortunately, they announced uh, was about four matches for next week, including the blood and guts. Uh, like we said, uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Michael Nakazawa versus Moxley and um, Eddie Kingston. You've got a four way number one contenders match for uh, the tag team belt. It's got. Uh, SCU versus some other people. I can't. Even, um, you've got one other match. Anyways, that I think all told, was that to be in that tag match because those guys were phenomenal this week. Matt and Mike Seidel. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like they're phenomenal every week. But wow, yeah. match the young bucks was just out of this world. Probably yeah. match of the night for me. So, um, so yeah. So I mean, they, they. It was nice. I was happy they announced some se- other segments other than just. Because I was really worried uh, with the rumors that it was going to be a one match night. I'm like, oh, how would they do that for two hours? Well, if if the blood and guts match, because it's effectively war games, if that takes 45 minutes, right? (laughs) Then really all they have to do is fill about another 45 minutes counting for commercial um, with promos and other stuff. Um, I I don't I don't think it was a good idea to do it. I'm just saying I think they could have done it i think the better idea is to fill it with some shorter high paid high paced match because um it's going to be a watch night and having the blood and guts match at the end will be like the frosting on the cake but you still have to put some cake in them (laughs) for sure Uh, so 
I was going to say, since uh, we usually have three, I was also kind of curious about, uh, well, there's, so TNT has, is now going to be showing hockey, right? Uh, so now they have a subscription for showing hockey games and they're going to be getting the playoffs. I think it, that's what it mentioned. So AEW is essentially going to have to move nights. So actually, uh, Tony Khan actually talked about it. Mm. And uh, he said that their contract is for Wednesday night. Uh, here's the important thing is it wasn't TNT that won hockey. It was Warner Media that won hockey. And Warner uh, Media owns more than just TNT. They do own TNT. And so that'd be the, the logical, but they own others. Uh, so specifically, uh, Tony Khan talked about it in an interview today and oh. said specifically that their contract is for Wednesday nights. And uh, for them to move, it would require renegotiating their contract. He did say he'd be willing to look at it if, if the, the negotiation was, was favorable. But along the same lines, the plan right now is not for AEW to move nights. Um, the, the more interesting side of it was the original stated reason for NXT moving night was hockey. Uh, but then with USA Network pulling out of the hockey talks and usa network nbc not getting hockey uh the question then becomes does nxt move back to wednesday mm. so it's less about does aew move it's more about does nxt move um well they're making pretty good numbers too though so why would they that that's my argument is uh from a from a network standpoint the the executives at usa network have to be looking at the numbers and saying hey our numbers went up after you moved to Tuesday. So why would we want to move you back to the night that you got worse? Now? That's it. Um, so I doubt NXT is going to move nights um, unless AEW was forced to move nights. And again, that's a whole thing that Tony Khan says. He basically implied it's a, it's a very, very unlikely situation. Now, it might happen occasionally, you mm. know, um, preempted for something, but... Mm. Uh, he he acted like, at least as far as he's concerned right now, the chances of them permanently moving nights are basically... So let's say if it did happen, the rumors were they have to go on Mondays or they have to go on Fridays. So that would evidently be them facing against SmackDown or Raw. Which one, I you guess... Go after Raw. Oh. Well, I mean, I mean that's not really saying yeah. much. But yeah, Here's the deal. You, you go after Raw for two reasons. Number one, might as well go straight for the big dog, right? But number two on TNT Network versus uh, versus Fox, Fox yeah. has has this. vastly more numbers, so it'd be almost impossible to win the night versus SmackDown. Even though SmackDown's numbers have been down, Fox is just in more houses. Right. USA Network and TNT are a lot more even. USA Network's in a little bit more, if I'm correct, but it's not a huge difference. Um, so there's that. Number two, Raw's been the one with the most flagging. So right. you come onto Monday night, you stand the greatest chance of being able to pull rest, pull fans away from Raw. You're never going to get all of the fans away from Raw. Right. Uh, but I don't think you're ever going to get all of the fans away from SmackDown either. Right. So, um, so for me, my thoughts would be go after Raw. Go straight and, and punch them in the mouth. That being said, full disclosure, um, if you had any other day choice, Tuesday or Thursdays, 
um, then I would choose that because right. uh, it's it's a recipe for losing to try to go directly up against Raw too early. Um, mm. The reason it succeeded for, for WCW at the time is WCW had established themselves a bit beforehand, and then they were going up against a very, very weakened Raw. Uh, you know, it was very PG. It was very... Um, it was it was recovering from the steroid scandal, so they didn't have the big stars that they used to have, things like that. So um, and, and also a lot of wrestlers had left too, right? Mm-hmm. So WCW picked them up yeah. because they had a blank check uh, in front of their faces. And here comes Lex Luger. Here comes Razor Ramon. Here comes Kevin Nash. Here comes Hulk Hogan. Well, Hulk Hogan. Here comes the genius cool. Lonnie Poffo. You you knew the story how Lanny Papo ha- got a contract with WCW uh, by nature of of uh, Macho Man, right? It was basically Macho Man said, "Hey, you should sign my brother." Um, never once appeared on WCW, but for uh, entirety of WCW uh, run against WWE, Lanny Papo was the genius. Lanny Papo was on WCW's roster and just sat at home collecting a paycheck. What? That's dope. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't do that, right? That's crazy. Just how do you waste money like that? Oh, my God. Freaking businesses. <laughs> yeah, you never saw him on TV at all. Because when he said his name, I'm like, okay, that sounds like he's related to Macho Man, but I don't know who this person is. And then you're very sarcastic. I'm like, is he just making a joke and it was Macho Man? So, yeah. According Damn. to the Wikipedia... Uh, WCW signed him in 1995. Wow. Um, and uh, sites re- record that he might have wrestled uh, once or twice. Um, he uh, recorded him as defeating a wrestler in a dark match at a Saturday night taping on October 14th, 1997. And that's it. Um, he got a guaranteed contract. He... Does it say how much? Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, hey, even if it was like $80,000 a year or $60,000 a year, I am down. Even if it was $30,000 a year. Yeah. Hey, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm just going to put it out there for, for $10,000 a year. Um, I'll not show up at any place. <laughs> Like, yeah, but I feel like if you can't also work anywhere, because hey, we can call you at any time. Ten thousand is not really gonna cut it. Uh, but but you don't have to be available anytime. You just have to be available during Monday nights and or dark shows and or house shows and or whatever. Because no, they're not gonna put you on the house shows uh, if they're not feed on the regular basis. Um, so it's just the Monday nights because you're too big of a star to be wasted on house shows. I mean, the whole thing with this is apparently. So, uh, you're familiar with the wrestler named Gorgeous George. Yes. Uh, Macho Man purchased the rights to the name Gorgeous George, um, and the whole gimmick. Oh, wow. And so he convinced WCW to bring in Lanny Poffo to be the new Gorgeous George. Mm. And then they decided to scrap the idea. And so he never had to worry about being called. So the only thing, he couldn't wrestle anywhere else, but he could take any other job he wanted. Right. True. But eventually, the gorgeous George moniker went to um, Macho Man's girlfriend later on in his career, and that sucked. <laughs> Anyways, if if I had to choose Mondays or, or Fridays, I'd choose Monday. But if I had to choose from any day of the week, um, 
frankly, even, even though we had the tough thing is on TNT, TNT also gets the NBA. And the NBA plays lots of games on Thursday. So that's why Thursday was not originally the choice for Dynamite. Um, for sure. But despite having a good relationship with Impact Wrestling, if I had to choose Tuesdays or Thursdays, I'd choose Thursday. I would go head-to-head with Impact Wrestling. I'm sure AEW would do it anyways. Hey, bud, we're going up against you just because uh, we have more money than you. And hey, we already gave you enough money with that pay-per-view. So... Come uh, come against us now. What's up, bro? We're buying you off anyways, as the rumor would still stay. Doubt it's happening, but that's still a rumor yeah. that I keep going around. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the popular rumor, but I don't believe it. I don't think. I don't think Tony Khan wants to buy Impact. Yeah. Um, I think he sees Impact as, as better as a feeder system than as a part of the system. Anyway, neither here nor there. I had a, a bonus challenge for you. Mm. So we've seen seen some glimpses of pictures of the blood and guts cage, right? Specifically, there's there's one promo picture out there that shows, uh, and I think I texted it to that shows the um, inner circle standing there against the pinnacle, um, and the it behind them is the blood and guts cage, um, right? Whether whether it's representative of the final design of the cage. Or not, I don't know. I mean, it could just be artistic representation, you know what I mean? But right. assuming it's the way the cage is going to end up looking, it it differs from a standard um, War Games cage in the fact that instead of being right around the outside of the ring, it's more like Hell in a Cell, where there's a gap in between the ring and the cage. Yeah. It also has been stated that there is going to be a top on the cage. So effectively, we're talking a double-wide Hell in a Cell. Uh, snap. Um, so my challenge to you is, I we know we're getting Inner Circle versus Pin- uh, Pinnacle on this, but if it wasn't going to be those two, if you could choose teams from anywhere in the wrestling world, what two... Five man team would you put in a blood and guts match? Now keep in mind the the win is just by submission or surrender. Submission or surrender. Okay. Yes. Um. So I feel it has to be realistic. I guess it's fantasy, right? So, um, I would maybe, and this is very plausible too. I would maybe like to see a AEW woman versus Impact woman. Blood and guts. Okay, so pick, uh, pick your five on five. So I'm picking Britt Baker. I'm picking uh, Nyla Rose. I'm picking uh, Hakira Shida. I'm picking oh, what's her face? What's her face? What's her face? Um, oh gee golly, Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, Hakira Shida. Oh, hot diggity damn. Uh, I feel like I feel like. Jade should be in there, but I feel like we're not even seeing her wrestle anymore. So I don't know what's happening with her. I guess they're trying to figure out what to do with her. Uh, she had a promo on tonight's Dynamite uh, where she's she's pitching herself to management, to managers, you know, saying, but I'm not I'm not going to pay a commission to you. You're going to have to manage me for your own. Anyways. Mm. Um. Yeah, so Britt, Nyla, Hakira. Let's add Jade in there because I feel like Jade is just a beast from the times that we have seen her. And 
that last name. Uh, she's in. Uh, she was the uh, champion, the uh, women's um, AEW champion, uh, not AEW champion, but the um, trip was it Triple A? NWA. Talking Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa. Jesus Christ, that's it. Uh, and maybe I would like to take out. Yeah, no, I'm gonna leave it. Uh, I'm gonna leave it as that team. It's kind of your powerhouse. You have your champions in Thunder Rosa and Akira Shida. Nyla Rose being a former champion, Britt Baker being your perhaps future champion. That's what she's basically saying now. Um, so I think that would be a decent team to go up against. See, the problem is I don't know much of the Impact uh, women's roster, so I'm gonna be. I'm. I feel like with all the talk I've heard, uh, Dina Perrazzo has to be in there. Unless, am I incorrect? She's an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, okay. Uh, Jordan Grace, just because she's five foot of monster, and I love her. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I will switch AEW against WWE because I, I won't. Honestly, I'll be guessing what the other impact stars, and it wouldn't be fun. Okay. So. I'll do AEW versus WWE. And with that, I, I think it's fairly simple. Um, I would technically... So you're going to have to have Sasha. It, it would basically be... I'm trying to figure out who would go up against Nyla, though, just kind of as a, a fair game. Um, stars I'm thinking are... We have Sasha Banks. Um, we have... I feel like Shayna Baszler's a must. Shayna Baszler has to be in that type of match. Um, I feel like, although she's not a, a striking wrestler like Shayna, I feel like her and Thunder Rosa could pull up, pull off a pretty sick, uh, sick moments in the match. Um, so yeah, we're going with we're going with Baszler, Sasha. I wish I, we had old Alexa, <laughs> but fiend Alexa. Sure. So Alexa Bliss, and I feel like you kind of have to put Nia Jackson in it, maybe. I feel like that's rude if you're not gonna put. No, no, never mind. Never mind. I said Nia, uh, Nia, Nia Jax. She doesn't deserve anything. So you got Baszler, you got Baszler, Sasha, Alexa, Bailey, and Oscar. The problem is, I just don't know who you really make Nyla Rose go up against. You don't really have a big woman there necessarily, but I guess Shayna could handle her because. And Asuka, too, perhaps. She's not as faced faster superstars than her, and she's done pretty well. So maybe I'm just being Vince McMahon and thinking big woman has to go against big woman. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'd go with. Uh, now I'm kind of just regretting that I didn't say AEW versus NXT. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be probably a far better matchup. Um, which, I guess, for the sake... Do you want to maybe book that? AEW versus NXT? Sure. I'll do it. So AEW versus NXT, I, like you, uh, would would stick with women because I think uh, a women's uh, double-wide Hell in a Cell would be phenomenal. I, it hasn't happened. Well, no. NXT's done it, technically, right? Yeah. So NXT's, NXT's done War Games. Right. Uh, but War Games is not the same as, of course, Blood and Guts. Because, like we said, blood and guts, uh, pinfall or submission, a uh, pinfall does not count, escaping does not count, 
and war games, if you go outside the ring, you're disqualified. Okay. And this subtle little minor differences, but there essentially- are differences, Oops. but but they make they make a difference, right? Because like yeah. in war games in NXT, they had um uh this whole storyline with uh um um people on the top. And are they going to fall out? If they fall out, do they get disqualified because they fell out? Oh, my goodness. So the teammates have to hold them in. In Blood and Guts, there's going to be a lid. There's going to be a top, a roof on that. They can't go out that way. Uh, Which also means they can't do any big move off the top into the ring, uh, a la uh, Io Shirai putting a garbage can over her head and jumping off the top. Right. Or even Cody's moonsault. Or even Cody's moonsault. Yep. Yeah. so for AEW, um, I'm I'm doing some of the same people, but but some different. So Hikaru Shida, I'm keeping in there. Uh, I'm not putting Nyla Rose in it because again, winner by submission or surrender only. And powerhouses like Nyla Rose don't typically win by submissions; they win by pinfalls because of big monster moves. She doesn't win the War Games match, right? So uh, Hikaru Shida has shown that she's got submissions Britt baker has shown that she's got submissions. uh oh, thunder rosa has shown that she's got submissions. um chris statlander recently returned from injury has submissions and i love chris statlander and <laughs> tay conti miss brazilian jiu-jitsu which has man tons. i still got it i feel like i still haven't seen any of her matches she hasn't had a ton but just uh was it one week ago two weeks ago two weeks ago Tay Conti versus um, Hikaru Shida two weeks. Mm. Phenomenal match. Hands down, best match of the Should have wow. been the main event. Yeah, okay. I'll have to check that out. So going up against NXT, right? For NXT, I would have uh, Candice LeRae because I love her. <laughs> um, and she's got submission, you know. Um, I would do uh, Tony Storm. Mercedes Martinez. Um, I would have this be the debut. Um, well, it's not going to be the debut because by this isn't going to happen. But if it were to happen, Frankie Monet, the former okay. guy about. Um, last one's a little tough. I suppose Io Shirai, even though she's not known for her submissions because she's the genius of the sky. <laughs> All right, but that that would be probably my. Five on five with NXT. Um, I think that's I think that's got a nice unique uh, layout where you've got some kind of inbuilt storylines. I mean, Tay Conti. The storyline is she used to be in NXT. She's friends with these. Can we trust? But I'm a good right. guy. You trust me? Uh, Frankie Monet has no connections to those people there. Can they trust her? Uh, right. And then just a whole lot of good submission grapplers. I mean, you still have to be able to do some damage, uh, which is why all of them are capable of doing damage as well. But adding in the submission capability is my thought process. Yeah, that uh, that definitely sounds like a better match. Now, if I were to do AEW versus Impact, I'm I'm going to be honest with you, I'd keep the same layout for uh, AEW, exact same women. Um. For Impact, though, um, I would have Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, Rosemary, Tennille Dashwood, and probably Sue Young. One of her, one of her personalities. <laughs> um, 
I think that was her. I had. I was just wondering which personality you were gonna. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd do Susie, but I could maybe do Susan um, or Sue Young. Dun dun dun. That's tough. But that's <laughs> the way I would do for him. So we're gonna move on to our lovely game of. Uh, well, normally it's AEW, Impact, or Ring of Honor, um, where I give a list of three current WWE wrestlers that need to be located to one of those uh, three companies. But I'm going to do a little change up on this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to give three sort of, I guess, champions from three promotions. And you need to swap them around. The only rule is you can't put the champion at the promotion that they're currently wrestling for. And I'm going to qualify that by saying their main promotion. Because the three wrestlers that you need to swap around are Kenny Omega, Moose, and Lashley. So you've got an AEW, an Impact, and a WWE. So you need to move one to WWE, one to AEW, and one to Impact. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like we. Mm. So I was originally going to do... Yeah, no, I think I'll stick with that. So right off the bat, Lashley... Yeah, Lashley goes to Impact because, boy, he's been there before. Moose will actually be going to AEW and Kenny Omega to WWE. The reason why I'm putting Kenny Omega in WWE is simply I feel like WWE can't destroy him. Especially when he's already your champion. I get it. Vince has done this in the past. But a guy this good, you can't fuck up. No? That sounds like a challenge. (laughs) They probably could. Um, But I don't know. I would kind of be curious. I would just, more for the curiosity of seeing how how Vince, what WWE would do uh, with Kenny Omega. Because, I don't know, I feel like... Can you make a full time an impact? Kind of lame. Just for the simple fact that I, a lot of great wrestlers will certainly be he'll be able to face. It's just he needs to be on a bigger stage. So that's why he goes to WWE. And Lashley's been an impact. And I think Moose would just be phenomenal in AE dubs. He'd be just as successful as Kenny Omega is in AE dubs, sort of ordeal. So that's what I do. Although not as charismatic as Kenny Omega, but I still think he'd be cool enough. Um, so I think I'll do like a switcheroo thing, kind of like what you did. However, I am going with I am going with hardcore wrestling, if you will. So we have uh, you have to switch them around. Oh, geez, I just forgot uh, the hardcore wrestler in Impact. He was Ken Shamrock's partner. Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan, Dean Ambrose. <sighs> Who's the most hardcore wrestler in WWE right now? Mm-hmm. Sammy Callahan, Dean Ambrose. And let's say most hardcore wrestler I can maybe think of <sighs> Kevin Owens. So I can't put Moxley back in WWE no matter what. <laughs> Okay. I just can't. So Moxley goes to uh, Impact. Um, so because of that, I have to put have to put Kevin Owens in AEW because I can't leave him in WWE. Uh, so that puts Sammy Callahan in WWE, which is really kind of funny because Sammy Callahan used to be in WWE, actually technically in NXT, 
as oh. Solomon Crow, I think was his name in NXT. Uh, he didn't do well in NXT. He didn't. Okay. Did not do well. And eventually got released. And then he went to Lucha Underground, where he was Jeremiah Crane, a psychopathic character, before eventually settling an impact and creating the Sammy Callahan gimmick that works so much better. Right. So huh. that's how I would do that. But it's all it's all because of John Moxley. I, I, I can't put him back into um Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Renee would thank you for that too. I just I like him too much to force him to That's fair. Well, I mean this time around they mo- the most definitely would realize that he is a phenomenal talent and hey, look what AEW did with him. So maybe they would push him and they might maybe have even done like Roman versus would uh, they, or would they Samoa Joe him? I hope they went Samoa Joe. Ugh. By the way, I'm officially I... making Samoa Joe into a verb describing when WWE takes a wrestler and that's really, really good and does absolutely fuck all with him. I mean, there's so many. You, you've Samoa Joe'd him. You've Keith Lee'd him. You Keith Lee has been Samoa Joe'd. Keith, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Ricochet has been Samoa Joe'd. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Finn Balor almost got Samoa Joe, but then he went back to NXT and was able to save himself from... I feel like you can't put it on Samoa Joe, though. I feel like there was someone before Samoa Joe that this happened to that is still there. But fair. We'll we'll accept it. I mean, I'm sure it's happened to other people, but Samoa Joe is the most ludicrous example of it. That's fair. Yeah. Considering how big he was elsewhere, mm-hmm. oh, I still, I still can't fathom how that happened. <sighs> I will this also is... point out, though, at the Impact uh, pay per view last weekend, uh, they played a promo for Slammiversary, which takes place in July. Although they did not announce the date in July, and during that promo, you saw Samoa Joe, you saw Mickey James. Oh, yeah, it's the same shit they did last year, too. Yeah, I mean, they, they've done it all. But but the uh, important thing to remember, though, is the 90-day no-competes end middle of July. So if Slammiversary is late July, there is a good chance that we will see one of them at that. But literally, this is the same thing they did last year, to the T. It is, but last it's... year, I have to be honest with you, last year, none of the ones released were Smojo Cap. That's, That's what I said I... on the... On, on the review about it, I said they did quality over quantity. This last year, they released a fuck ton of wrestlers, but they were all basically mid Carter, right? This year, they're like, nah, we're going to release some fucking top tier talent. At this rate, though, I feel like if TNA picks up Impact, picks up Joe, I feel like Khan would just be like, no, Joe, you're coming over here. We need you over at AEW. There's no way Khan would let that go. I don't see how you can let Joe go. And I'm not even trying to rhyme. That would be ludicrous for you to lose Samoa Joe to Impact. Unless Samoa Joe has this blind loyalty to Impact, which obviously is not what started him, but what certainly gave him a tremendous push to being the wrestler that he is. Um, I don't see Khan not giving what Joe wants. Well, I mean, here's the deal. There might be one part of it that Khan might not feel comfortable with doing mm-hmm. and it's not monetary tony khan can 100 percent outpay impact but if samoa joe wants guarantee that he's gonna hold the top belt tony khan might not be willing to guarantee that's fair and impact 100 would say 
Mojo, you want to come here and win the top belt? Well, definitely. Within the first three months, you will be the top champion. Hey, so Mojo, we actually brought the belt here with us for this meeting. Uh, we just figured we'd give it to you now. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make make a new belt just for you. We're going to call it the Smojo belt. Smojo belt. It's So we have the TNA championship, the Impact championship, and the Smojo championship. Mm-hmm. And Joe, you've just unified it. We've done it for you. It's all unified together. Every time you go to that ring, you're going to have three belts. The Smojo <laughs> the smoke show straight up oh geez anyways so on that note we will uh draw this to a close and close the book on the fantasy booking institute um make sure to follow us on social media you can follow me at raw and order wbu on pretty much any of the social medias out there you can follow jlb at jlb420 Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8. On all the streams, it's at anchor.fm slash RTR. You'll find the Spotify's, the Apples, and the Podbeans, and whatever have you. It's all there. Um, yeah. Uh, I, we might maybe do it here or maybe on mine, but Dark Side of the Ring is coming up. And uh, Season 3 is here, May 6th. So... I'm definitely going to be doing a few things with uh, another friend of mine for reviewing that. And uh, we might even maybe do some of that here too. I don't know, but some really exciting stuff there. So certainly wait on that. And of course we have the big brothers and all that other stuff that I do over at real talk. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to the collision in Korea episode because that's a fucking nightmare story to be perfectly honest. Um, What's great is I honestly I love how I don't know a lot about um, certain stories like Brian Pillman I know of I know uh, that it was uh, I believe it was like a heart attack that he died of but I don't know too much you know so that the two hour first premiere episode be very interesting I don't really know much about Dynamite Kid except that he took a lot of steroids so that should be interesting and that he really liked Benoit. Um, and yeah, like c- collision in Korea, don't know anything. So, I, um, I do know about the plane ride from hell, though. Yeah, so collision I, in Korea was a one time pay per view that WCW did in North fucking Korea. That's great. Um, they were hired to come in there and uh do this pay per view, and um, uh, Eric Bischoff talked about it on 83 Weeks of Time. Mm-hmm. And basically, long story short with it, they were not sure that they were all going to be released from North Korea. Oh, wow. There was legitimate worry that some of them were going to be political prisoners forever in North Korea after it. But why? I mean, Uh, aside... Because North Korea is a fascist police state. No, no, no. I I get that. But was there a specific reason? Did the wrestler do anything? Um, you don't have to do much to get on North Korea's bad side when over there. Um, okay. So I mean, there was a- when they got off the plane, they were basically told you're being watched every second. You don't even have oh. privacy in your hotel room. Anything oh. you say is being reported back. But these are rowdy wrestlers. Right. So do you think they'll go bait all of that? No. You'll you'll well, see more when the episode comes around. Uh, it'll talk more. So that's one that I'm really looking. Uh, Plane right from hell. Um, what was the other one I, I mentioned? Face. Um, Dynamite Kid, FMW, Steroid Scandal. Um, 
but don't actually have it opened. I was just going off thoughts. Uh, let's see here. Obviously, Brian Pillman, uh, Dynamite Kid. You're probably going to get to it quicker than I am. Here I am. Voila. Okay. Grizzly Smith, Ultimate Warrior. Oh, Chris Canyon. That was the other one that I remember. Oh, Canyon. Right. Who better than Canyon? And you forget him. Who one better shot. than Canyon? Nobody's better than Canyon. <laughs> uh, and then Nick Gage. If you've never seen Nick Gage. CZW guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's um, timely because over WrestleMania weekend, Mox showed up at a Nick Gage show and challenged Nick Gage. So Moxley oh. will be fighting against Nick Gage at some point. In- oh, my God. So, so yeah, I am um, 100%. Uh, but, like, since I know nothing about Bruiser Bedlam, Dynamite Kid, I don't know much. Grizzly Smith, I feel like I've heard that name. Don't know a lot. I probably know enough about Ultimate Warrior, but seeing his craziness again will be hilarious. Luna Vachon, not much. I don't know. Um, FMW and XPW, I know of, and I really don't know why they're doing anything on this. It really was just a shitty promotion with a lot of ex-ECW stars. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to talk about the New Jack and Vic Grimes incident? What? You know? Which I'm kind of maybe also down for if New Jack's on it. New Jack talks a lot of stupid shit. And uh, New Jack, if you're listening, that is Justin JLB LeBlanc. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Not even say my Twitter handle. You're just going to say my name. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. One of my good uh, friends is uh, uh, is really good friends with, not really good friends, but is friends with him. So <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I'm good. He'll, he'll, he'll probably be more mad at my friend if anything. Here's hoping, because he stabbed <laughs> friends before. This is true. Anyways, but we uh, will wrap things up for this. Make sure to follow us on the social medias. Make sure to like or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use, because then you get notified as soon as we post the new episodes. And um, like us on uh, the social medias and share it with your friends so that other people can listen to it. But on that note, we are going to wrap things up for today. Close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute. Thanks for listening. We will see you soon.